Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. PTI is back from vacation after nearly two weeks off. Did anyone tell Tony? Oh, ooh, wow. Uh, he thought you saw you know, January 3rd, not the 2nd. He went to Florida to play golf, and he just kind of got lost down there. He's on a wagon train. It'll take him about a week or so to get back since he won't fly. I don't know. He's got it rough like you. He's in Florida. You're in Arizona. You guys got it really Scottsdale, tough. Scottsdale, baby. Huh? Scottsdale. Welcome to PTI. Cornizer went Antonio Brown on us. So I'm happy to be joined by our great friend from The Athletic, Fill in Frank Isola. Not as loud. In what, the, another in the year? Another year of these cheers for you? <laughs> we begin with absolutely crazy news out of South Bend and Tampa. Actually, it's coming from Chicago, where columnist and radio host David Haw is reporting that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are playing footsie with Notre Dame coach Brian Kelly. The Glazer family, after dumping Dirk Cutter over the weekend, apparently is interested in a big splash hire, and this would be. Frank, how likely do you think it is the Bucks will actually offer him the job? And how likely do you think it is that Kelly would leave what somebody I know calls the University of Football in America <laughs> for the National Football League? How great is Brian Kelly's life when you can lay an egg in the national semifinal, lose 30-3 <laughs> to three to Clemson, and now there's talk about you maybe getting a, a job with Tampa Bay that could pay you $10 million a season. You're in charge of the football operation. They love to talk about generational money. He's a 57-year-old guy. I understand it's Notre Dame, but here's the thing, Michael. Will he ever have it better than he had this year, undefeated until he played Clemson? Yeah, I, I, I don't think – I'm not one of those people who thinks he's reached the ceiling – at Notre Dame. The ceiling is simply losing badly to the likes of Alabama or Clemson. I'm not with that. I think Notre Dame has been great as longer than even Alabama and could be greater again. So I'm not going there. My question is, is he a good fit for the NFL and Tampa Bay and Jameis Winston, a guy who's had issues while also demonstrating some promise. And if you're the Glazer family, I realize, you know, they're an international family with their, you know, their, their ties to the other football, international yeah, football. Yep. Do, do, do they really want to make this offer? Is he the best candidate they could find for the situation? Well, he's a good offensive coach, so I think that has something to do with it. You're also going to inherit Jameis Winston because they want, they have said that Jameis Winston is going to be our quarterback next season. He's going to make about $21 million. So I think they're looking at it. Can Brian Kelly be the guy to get something out of Jameis Winston? Who, by the way, in his career, Michael, 88 touchdowns, 58 interceptions for Jameis Winston. It's now or never. I get the sense that I think Brian so Kelly... Too. One more year. I get the sense that he's not going to leave Notre Dame. But if you're going to dangle $10 million a season, that's hard to turn down, isn't it? Really quickly, what's more likely? By the way, it's a five-time race for him. He makes about $2 million going up yeah. to 10. What's more likely? That the Packers will hire my guy, Pat Fitzgerald, and he would leave Northwestern? Or that Tampa would hire... Kelly, and he would leave Notre Dame. What's more likely? Well, first of all, that's our first reference to Northwestern in 2019, so I'm glad we got that out of the way. I think it's Brian Kelly more likely to go to Tampa Bay. I think that money, it's going to be hard for him to turn down. Something tells me he'll still be coaching Notre Dame next season. What about you? I think neither one of them is going to happen. Yeah. A lot of money, $10 million. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin on Wednesday denied a report that disgruntled star wide receiver Antonio Brown requested a trade. There is, however, no denying that Brown's future in Pittsburgh could be in jeopardy. This comes after Brown was inactive for last Sunday's season finale because he reportedly threw a temper tantrum at practice that was directed at Ben Roethlisberger, and then he went AWOL for Saturday's walkthrough. 
Michael, do the Steelers need to part ways with the great Antonio Brown? I don't know if they need to, but I would. I mean, the Steelers have turned into now just sort of another dysfunctional, dysfunctional franchise when they've never been that. And I, I know some of this blame, I, people say, oh, you got to blame Ben Roethlisberger. No, more of it goes to Mike Tomlin, who I love as a head coach. All right. But here's the deal. That has gotten so sideways now. The Steelers are in this distraction mode all the time. And Mike Tomlin has a rep as a player's coach. Maybe he doesn't need to be a player's coach anymore. If you can lose like this with Antonio Brown and not make the playoffs, then with him, you can do it without him. I would get rid of him. He seems now to be more trouble than he's worth, and he's one hell of a player. You know what? They always say your best players are going to be your leaders. It's just a matter of which way they're going to lead you, in a good way or in a bad way. Antonio Brown is their best player. So, and here you are playing your final game of the season. Now, you had to win to have a chance to make the playoffs. So, for all intents and purposes, it's a playoff game. You have some issue at practice. I don't care about that. All right, guys get, right. In, you know, right. dust all ups the all the time. But yeah. to not show up for work and then to not show up for the walkthrough, you, you can't excuse that behavior. You get rid of him. And that's why I think no. Mike Tomlin, because Mike Tomlin lost control of this team. This is a talented team that did not make the playoffs. And I'm not going to say he lost control, Frank. I'm going to say he gave the players too much too control. Much. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, and I know there's always a balance you have to strike between, you know, the players coach and the tough guy who leaves squats on the players all the time. I don't know how he settles it, but this is not going the right way for the Steelers. They have gone in the dumper. Last year, they probably should have won the Super Bowl and they blew one. And now they don't make the playoffs. I'm not blaming this on Big Ben. Yeah, a couple of things. Here's a guy, NFL record, six straight years of at least 100 catches. That's one. And I know you're big into social media, Mike. He He's stopped great. following the Pittsburgh Steelers on Instagram. So I know for you, what do yeah, you mean? That's really that? important. But you know how I learned about this? <laughs> at New Year's dinner last night, my 10 year old son says, Dad, he holds up Instagram. Antonio Brown is demanding a trade. I'm like, what, what, what are you, a news feed? What are you doing? Instagram. Next, next time I fill in, have your son fill in for you. I'll do the show with him. Yeah, he, since he, he's into sure the gram. He'd like that. <laughs> he'd like that. Let's pick up where we always seem to be leaving off with the Cincinnati Bengals. Confusion. Three days after parting company with Marvin Lewis, Bengals owner Mike Brown seems to be spinning, as he always does, in the same circles. The NFL Network reports the Bengals will interview, as early as today, current Bengals assistant, I guess he's still an assistant, and very, very, very recent former Browns head coach, Hugh Jackson. Lewis, on his way out, said he thinks Jackson deserves another chance in Cincinnati or elsewhere. Frank, can you see this happening, or is this just more Bengals insanity? Michael, I'm all about giving guys a second chance. In the case of you, Jackson, it would be a third chance. I have no problem with that. Here's what's going to be tough getting around. 3-36-1. 3-36-1. That was his record in Cleveland. And then when he left, they were, when he got fired, they were 5-3. and three. So as an owner, trying to sell something to your fans, and I, and I understand it wasn't the greatest situation in Cleveland for you, Jackson, up until this season. How are you going to sell that to your fan base? Marvin Lewis didn't win a playoff game, but he leaves with a winning record. How are you going to yes, sell that to your fans? Three, 36, and one. I don't know that Mike Brown's primary MO is ever selling anything to his fans. I mean, the Bengals, as you know, I mean, I hate to use the word mom, pop, but that's what other yeah. NFL owners and other NFL executives would, just, would, they, they would describe it. 
I'm, I'm for Hugh Jackson having another chance. He was with the Raiders and the Bengals, speaking uh, and the Browns, speaking of dysfunction. Yeah. So I'm fine for Hugh Jackson having another chance. I'm not sure why he would want one with a third situation that seems completely inadequate most of the time. But I, I, I don't. I don't doubt that the Bengals will go this way if you look at Mike Brown's history, recent over the last 25 years. And by the way, Marvin Lewis even got tired of it. I don't believe for a second that Mike Brown fired Marvin Lewis. I believe that Marvin said, listen, I gave him my best here. It didn't work. Time to do something else. And, And I also think the way that Marvin Lewis left helped Hugh Jackson because he wasn't he didn't leave kicking and screaming. Then he's promoting his guy for the job. By the way, when Hugh Jackson was the offensive coordinator in Cleveland, I mean, I'm sorry, in Cincinnati, they had good records. I think they, they went 12 and 4. They year. did have good yeah. records. This again, this isn't about Hugh Jackson and his ability to coach. You're saying it's about the ability That's, to sell it, and I'm saying it's why would you want to go there and be in the third dysfunctional situation uh, you've been in yeah. as a head coach? And I know it's tough for African American coaches, given what we just saw, to be really picky about head coaching jobs. I feel for Hugh Jackson. I hope he gets a shot somewhere sane. Well, we'll have to get uh, Baker Mayfield's opinion on this one. All right, the New York Jets have started their search for a new head coach, and three candidates have emerged to replace Todd Bowles, former Packers head coach Mike McCarthy. He's the big name, and there are two offensive coordinators with ties to Patrick Mahomes who will also be considered. UFC's Cliff Kingsbury, who was Mahomes' coach at Texas Tech, and the Chiefs' Eric Bieniemy, who was interviewed on Wednesday. All right, Mike, tell Jet fans which candidate should they be most excited about. Which one, tell me again, has a Super Bowl ring as a yeah. head coach? Yeah. So my order right now would be McCarthy and then be enemy. Um, and I know he doesn't call the plays, but he has been the boss of in an NFL organization of a unit. And then Kingsbury is very interesting. I'd like to have two of them. I mean, Kingsbury to me seems like he needs to come into the NFL and be there. I don't mean throwing three passes as a quarterback, yeah. which he was, you know, so you want him to run a unit, an offensive unit, and, and have hands-on situation with a coach and play calling. Seems like being me to me is ready for a gig now. And obviously McCarthy, who says he's going to be picky. If you're picky, Frank, why do you want to go to the Jets? Well, you want to go to the Jets for this reason. Sam Darnold is 21 years old. So I think that's why when Mike McCarthy is looking at jobs, he's looking at Cleveland, Baker Mayfield, New York, with Sam Darnold. Like I said, just 21. Here's what's the amazing thing about the Jets. In, 12, in 10 days, it's going to be the 50th anniversary of them making their first and only Super Bowl and winning their one and only Super Bowl. 50 years. And they have hired a bunch of rookie coach, head coaches. The last time they hired a coach with head coaching experience was Bill Parcells. And he did a pretty good job. That's why I think in this case, it has to be Mike McCarthy. He's the safest pick. Now, Kingsbury, the enemy, they could turn out to be great. That's thinking outside they the box. They really could. But to me, yeah. I think you have to take... The safer pick here, the guy with the Super Bowl ring that's coached yeah, a great I quarterback before. In New York, in that market, too. I mean, I, I, Mike McCarthy seems to be, if he wants to do this, I don't know about hitching your wagon to the Jets. I'm a little more suspect. Good quarterback, good young quarterback, that, though. Let's move to the NBA. And an absolutely never-ending topic. Who's better, LeBron or Michael? That's every day. This time it's LeBron who brings it up on his ESPN Plus show more than an athlete. I love the show. LeBron said that winning the 2016 NBA Finals, where he and the Cavs overcame a 3-1 series deficit, quote, made me the greatest player of all time. Close quote. Frank, really? Do we have to start this already again? And why is LeBron doing this? 
because LeBron has more media outlets than anybody. What we need in 2019 is one more show with LeBron where he sits around talking about himself and his buddies all kind of nod in agreement. If that audience had been stacked with Michael Jordan, Kareem, Bill Russell, and I don't know, the ghost of Will Chamberlain, then okay. Maybe not so much nodding. Hey, we all know that the guy is one of the all-time greats, and that... And that performance for him against uh, against Golden State, bringing Cleveland yep. a title, puts him on a different stratosphere. But we all know, Michael, everyone's going to look at Michael Jordan and say 6-0 and in the finals. And they're going to look at LeBron's even... record in the finals, and that's what's going to separate the two. Three and five so far, is that it? I don't even need to go there. Look, I need to say this because I hate this topic because I love LeBron. I love him. I think LeBron is is perhaps the most important athlete we have seen in in a couple of generations for what he does in the field of play and what he does in a humanitarian way. I think, I think LeBron is is just an important, important athlete, important person. But let me now divert and say this. Did Michael Jordan after ever have to get up no. and run away from his circumstance and link up with another great player no. to win a championship? Did Michael Jordan ever have to go somewhere else and leave where he was to win? The answer is no, no. he didn't. I hate this topic because it makes you say things about somebody that seemed bad. Four players to me are on the Mount Rushmore. Russell, Magic, Michael, LeBron. I love LeBron, but I... Michael never did this. I did an interview with him that's out there circulating now. He always said, I'm never going to say I'm better than Russell. I'm never going to say I'm better than Kareem. I don't understand why LeBron did this. I hate this. Well, by the way, he's three and six. I love him. I hate he's this. three and six in the finals. And here's the thing three about LeBron. Six. You don't want to hold it against him that he took that, that one Cleveland Cavalier team to the final. The first no. team and the last no. team he took, he carried those teams on his back. So it shouldn't be held against him that he won no. in the conference finals. But that I'm be just saying, if you're going to start comparing yourself to Jordan, I'm sorry, yeah. I gotta go someplace that's I tough. Agree. Did Jordan ever run to someone else and say, help me? No, no he didn't. No. Let's take a break. Hey, this is why we, I hate this topic. <laughs> Let's take a break. But coming up, John Elway dumped head coach Vance Joseph, but is he the one who deserves the heat, Frank? And will hiring Mike Mayock straighten out the Raiders or just make them messier? Now, how do you not have Kareem, all-time leading scorer, on your Mount Rushmore? I know, I know. I feel bad about not having Kareem there, Oscar. I I, I know. Pardon the interruption is brought to you by Applebee's $14.99, all you can eat with shrimp. Johnny got a toy golf set when he was three, and from that day on, he was hooked. All he wanted to do was golf, golf, golf. He'd be on the links before school, after school. All he ever wanted was to go pro. And then, one day, when he was holding his grandson and thinking about his 12 handicap, Johnny realized it just might not happen for him. But you know what did happen for him? He switched to Geico and saved a bunch of money on car insurance. So that was good, and so was hanging out with his grandson. Courthouse out, so no snide remarks about the emailers today. We're pleased to take your questions. What's first, Frank? Uh, let's see what we got. I'm convinced Bill that your uh, Christmas card and Tony's Christmas card must be in here somewhere because I didn't get it yet. All right. Who really deserves more man. blame for the Broncos predicament, Vance Joseph or John Elway? Look, you can always blame a head coach, and in two years, you get, you know, a, a larger than sample size but John Elway has failed in some ways, too. He's already had four coaches, so he right. hasn't exactly gotten it right. 
He drafted a quarterback that is now out just two years ago, Paxton Lynch, who's out of the league, Frank. Paxton Lynch is gone, so John Elway guessed wrong there. And when you're talking about head coaches and quarterbacks and the inability to get it right, I love John Elway, my favorite quarterback probably of all time. He's at fault. No, he, he's an absolute legend, but this one has to fall on him. If we're going to give him all the credit for getting uh, Peyton Manning and winning a Super Bowl, he's got to take some of the hit here. They Absolutely. haven't made the playoffs three straight years, like you mentioned, fourth uh, head coach in six years. And now his inability to pick a quarterback. It's one thing to go out and get yeah. Peyton Manning. Think about the guys. Like you said, you know, Trevor Simeon, Brock Osweiler, Paxton Lynch, and now Case Keenum. So this falls on the head coach. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. on John Elway. Elway. All right, that's Absolutely. No question about that. Let's see what we got here. Does adding Mike Mayock as GM make things seem less or more functional in Oakland? Nothing's going to seem functional in Oakland until something functions in Oakland or Vegas or wherever they wind up doing this. Mike Mayock, I guess, is, a, is a, he's obviously he's a terrific analyst. He's a fun guy to listen to, insightful man. It doesn't mean that it translates from Booth. To field, because if it did, then John Gruden wouldn't have had the season he just had. Because I believe he's gone from booth to field yeah. as well. So, I, you know, I, 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 the Raiders get no benefit of the doubt, Frank. Not for me. They haven't earned it. Now, here's the thing about the Raiders. This is one of the most important drafts in the last 25 years. Certainly the most important for John Gruden. They have three, three, three first-round picks, six yeah. in the top 100. Now, I'm not saying Mike Mayock can't do the job, but he's a 60-year-old rookie. He's never done this job before. And about a decade yeah. ago, he interviewed with Al Davis, and I think that has something to do with Mark Davis hiring him, and he's got a connection right, to John right, Gruden. Right. But that's a big risk here. Somebody that's never done it and the biggest draft you're ever going to have. If it's the big draft thing you need, what about Mel? Is Mel available? Would Mel take that Todd job? Todd What are you taking it? I'm Let's just asking. See. All right, Mike, are you okay with Manny Diaz bailing on his commitment to Temple to take over at Miami? You know, strangely enough, Frank, I'm not as outraged over this as I probably should be. Maybe because Manny Diaz is a Miami native. His dad, I didn't know this till today, his dad was the mayor of Miami. He, he was a PA in Bristol for ESPN who worked with some of our producers. I mean, this guy worked his way up uh, from like the film guy to a coach and a recruiter. And I'm not, I don't hate this. I should because he bailed. He gave his word meant nothing but I'm not outraged. This, this is the guy that came up with the turnover chain. This is the epitome yes. of a turnover. He had the job for like a minute, and you're stepping all over poor Temple. But come on, we've seen Josh McDaniels do this in his DNA. with the Colts. Hey, Billy Donovan took the job in Orlando. The next day, he That's went back right. to Forget Florida. So we've seen, if it's his dream job, this is where he wanted to be. By the way, yeah. he got to Miami, fired everyone on the offensive staff. How about that? Amazing. When did he see his mates? They say, welcome back. He says, get out of <laughs> here. See you later. Get out. Thanks for your email. See, nothing's not. Let's take one last break, but still to come. What does the Yankee signing of Troy Tulowitzki mean for the pursuit of Manny Machado? And shouldn't Christian Pulisic's transfer to Chelsea have been higher in the show? Come on, Mike. You guys are soccer aficionados. Who? You. Christian who? Oh, come on. The best American player, you know. I know, I know. I hear about this kid all... Time to get happy, people. Happy 56th birthday, Edgar Martinez. Believe me, he'll be happy with a belated birthday gift, specifically on January 22, if he gets a nod from 75% of the voters necessary to put him into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Martinez was close last year, got 71%. 
This is his 10th and final season of eligibility, and it would seem, Frank, he'd be a lock, though I no longer try and figure out what baseball writers are thinking. Basically a career DH. He's going to go in with Mariano. He was 10 of 16 with two home runs and six RBIs lifetime against the best closer in history. Not too bad. Unbelievable. Faster to first base, him or me. I don't go there. <laughs> Happy anniversary, Ty Montgomery, on this day seven years ago. As a freshman in the Fiesta Bowl, Montgomery wanted to bring the ball out of the end zone on this kickoff, only to have his <laughs> own Stanford teammate take him down for a touchback. Impossible not to look back at this and project forward to Montgomery bringing the ball out of the end zone, ill-advisedly and fumbling, robbing Aaron Rodgers of a comeback attempt very recently. Remember how upset Rodgers was? By the way, I yes. thought for sure you were going to say anniversary of two days ago, Northwestern's big win in the Holiday Bowl. Can't believe you didn't bring that up. Restraint, I brought it up. Restraint, Not you. Frank. Restraint. Not you. A melancholy happy trails to Gene Okerlund, the iconic wrestling announcer and interviewer who passed away at 76. Youngsters with no context, for anything, we'll associate him with the WWF and WWE and WCF and other junk. People of a certain responsible age recall him standing between the likes of Pretty Boy Bobby Heenan Nick, and Nick Bockwinkle in the AWA when he was a young man and beginning his long, successful run in professional wrestling on television. What a great entertainer. One of the first uh, sideline reporters, technically, right, Mike? Broadcast journalism major at Nebraska. How about that, Frank? No errors today. We're running out of show. Let's get to the big finish. Yankees reportedly adding Troy Tulowitzki. Big deal? Absolutely, because Toronto's playing most of his salary. Bryce Harper reportedly met with Nats owner Ted Lerner for five hours before Christmas. Is that a big deal? Was he wearing a fur coat? A five hours big deal, yes. Yeah. Chelsea signed Christian Pulisic away from Dortmund. Is that a big that deal? Richest American player ever. That's a huge deal. Dana Holgerson is leaving West Virginia for Houston. Is that a step up? Bigger market, more money, but lesser conference. Last one, Thunder at Lakers tonight. You're intrigued, aren't you? Yeah, no LeBron. Paul George, by the way, averaging 26.4 points. All right, we're out of time. Thanks for watching. I'm Frank Isola. I'm Mike Wilbon. Same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads. Shout out to Mike Gleason for calling before the game that North.